Hi everybody, I'm Peter Jacobson, and welcome to Jake's Takes. Pretty interesting week last week at Pebble Beach at the AT&T Pebble Beach National Pro-Am. Canadian Nick Taylor led wire to wire, which is an impossible thing to do. One of the things that we notice on tour, whenever you have a chance to win, you usually play three good rounds and one, eh, so-so round, one medium round that you don't really, you don't really get yourself into too much trouble, but you find that you're always saving yourself. Nick Taylor just played great all week. His short game was good, which is what you have to have at Pebble Beach. The greens there are so small. You play play three golf courses, play Pebble Beach, you play Monterey Peninsula and Spyglass. And we all know how much I love Pebble Beach. We all know how much the world loves Pebble Beach. Monterey Peninsula Country Club, 36-hole facility down there is such a cool place. And Spyglass Hills is so difficult, and it always plays so long during the week. So congratulations to Nick. Interesting, though, Phil Mickelson was in contention. He tied for 30 at a bad Sunday. I think he shot 74 on Sunday. He was trying to become a six-time winner at the AT&T. And by watching him on Saturday, I watched a little bit of the telecast. The up and downs he made were just uh, Mickelson-esque, especially the hole out from the bunker on 13 and then the chip in on 14. It's, uh, it's just amazing to watch this guy work from week to week. Now, he's turning 50 this year, so I don't know what what he's going to do with the Champions Tour, but I fully expect him to continue to play on the PGA Tour because you know and I know that he expects to win still on the big tour. So there's no reason for him to go play with us old fellas until he's an old fella himself. Something tells me that I don't think he's ever going to think he was an old fella. But the AT&T, I've said this so many times, the AT&T is the best week on the PGA Tour simply because... We as players have a chance to spend so much time inside the ropes with those sponsors and CEOs and executive VPs that sponsor our our tour. And that's the one thing that we really, when you look at spending time with those people inside the ropes, it's invaluable time. I know for years I played with Jack Lemon and I played with Huey Lewis, but In my early years at Pebble, I played with people that supported the PGA Tour, and I get really frustrated when I don't see players like Tiger Woods tee it up at the AT&T because nobody benefits more from the success of the PGA Tour than Tiger. And conversely, uh, it's true that Tiger does so much for the PGA Tour, you could argue that the purses have skyrocketed with Tiger's involvement, and I would agree with that too. But I think AT&T, Pebble Beach, and Tiger Woods would be great together, and it would be a huge boost to the tournament if Tiger were to play. But again, I, I applaud all the players that come and play the week because it can be bad weather, although last week it was excellent. The greens can be bumpy. The rounds can be long because you got pro-ams. Sometimes they... They go to six-hour six rounds. But where else would you want to be for a six-hour round but Pebble Beach, Monterey Peninsula, or Spyglass Hill playing golf with those people that support the game? And you never know who you're going to meet there. For years, I played with Jack Lemon at the AT&T, almost 20 years. And we were always focused on just having a good time. And I think that was probably one of the reasons why I won in 1995 with Jack as my partner. I hate to tell you, but we failed to make the team cut there. Uh, Jack had a bad week, but I had a great week. 
And I remember Jack walking with me on that final Sunday as I uh, as I battled to the victory. But playing with Jack Lemon and then playing with Huey Lewis as my partner as well was always a blast. Uh, and when you play with people like Jack Lemon and Huey Lewis, you're always playing with another celebrity in the group. I played consistently with uh, Greg Norman and Clint Eastwood. Played with George C. Scott. Played with uh, Sean Connery. Just played with so many really interesting individuals from the world of stage and screen and the athletic world that it just makes for a very special week. It's a jungle in here and we all know it. The fans are fired up and making sure they show it. They're rowdy and loud, not your usual crowd. It's a jungle in I don't know if your body hurts like mine, but I look back over my PGA Tour career and I actually used to run two or three miles a day. I can't even imagine running today. I used to go to the gym. I used to lift weights. I used to, on the treadmill and the elliptical, I was, I wouldn't say I was in every day, but I was in probably two or three times a week. Nowadays, these players have taken it to the, to the next level. They're in they're in the gym twice a day on competitive round days, which is which blows my mind. But now that I'm 65 years old, I've had a couple of hip replacements and a knee replacement and back surgery. I hope you can't relate to this, which would mean uh, you're, you're in, still in pretty good shape. But if you do relate to this, I've got to share with you something. My daughter, Kristen, who's a, who's a doctor, she told me that she heard of this new group popping up called Stretch Lab. And she said there was one up in Mount Kisco, New York, where, where she lives. So I decided to take a, uh, take a chance. I went up and I had an appointment. Well, I, I'm hooked. I have now been going to the stretch lab here in Portland, Oregon, as well as uh, in New York. And I go in a couple times a week and I get stretched. Now, obviously, we get stretched in the PGA Tour fitness van. And it's an essential thing. But these guys stretch me like I've, I've never stretched before. And as a result, I feel much better. I feel like I've got a little bit of a, a spring in my step. I feel like my golf game has gotten a little bit better. So the moral to this story is if your body hurts like mine, maybe start looking at doing more stretching, a little bit more intense work with, with a stretching technique or a stretching regimen I think it's going to surprise you. You've been here before, you know what to do. Keep your head on straight, don't let them get to you. Put a smile on your face, get rid of that frown. Gotta suck it up, it's no time to melt down. It's a jungle in here. I want to welcome in my tour caddy, Mr. Troy Martin. Troy is here this week with me in Naples, Florida for the uh, Chubb Classic, which is a Champions Tour event, which hopefully we are going to play well. Troy, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Now, you caddied for me a couple years ago when I played the AT&T and uh, was supposed to play with Huey Lewis, but Huey came down with his uh, something that he still suffers uh, from his uh, hearing loss problem. So he didn't play, but we teed it up and you had a blast. It was a great tournament. So it, much fun. It, it, what are your memories from from caddying and being at Pebble Beach? 
Uh, kind of the interaction with the celebrities and the and the musicians that were there, along with the golfers. You know, it's a neat addition to the tournament, I think, rather than, you know, just straight golf. Sometimes you, you get some comedians there, and uh, usually the, the level of play isn't so great. So we're laughing at each other, and everybody seems to have a little more fun. It seems like a little bit more lighter, lighter atmosphere. Now, because Huey couldn't play, we were repaired with Adrian Young. Correct, from No who, Doubt. Who's the drummer for No Doubt. Mm-hmm. And he always... He's a good player, by yeah, the way. Yeah, very good. Really good player. Could really hit it. But it seemed like around six or seven, he always wanted to go visit the hospitality suites. And at, if there wasn't one, it was a backyard that had a refrigerator. <laughs> he was so cute. He he said he was always a little bit better when he had some sort of a beverage yes, yeah. in him. He, and he drank about, I'd say he averaged eight to ten beers around. <laughs> Is that about right? Yeah. And he played great, but he was a wonderful sport. And... Uh, we just had a blast. It really felt bad that Huey couldn't play. and yeah. I was glad to see Huey play well this year. Played with Chad Campbell. They didn't make the cut. But I'm actually thinking about going back and playing one last time with Huey next year. Maybe not the last time for him, but certainly for me. I think but, you should. But the years I played with Jack Lemon, there was a great story one time. I played with Jack, and our, our pairing was Clint Eastwood and Greg Norman. And we were playing Cypress Point, and we walked off the 10th tee over to the, uh, sorry, the 10th green, walked off the 10th green over to the 11th tee, and we saw Jack Lemon go into the Portageon that was situated right on the tee. And we have probably a 1,000 people following us because I'm with the Shark, I'm with Dirty Harry, and I'm with Jack Lemon. Nobody, nobody really worries too much about me so I can float around. We saw Jack go into the port, Portageon, and Norman turns to us and said, hey, let's take our golf balls and throw it at the Portageon while Jack's inside. So sure enough, we did our best, our best uh, wind up, and we fired at that ball at the plastic Portageon, and it would boom, 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 three bangs on the side of the plastic uh, outhouse. And there was some rumbling inside. We thought, oh, we got Jack great. All of a sudden, the door opened up, and a very sweet old lady stepped out, and she said, is it safe to come out? Lemon had gone around the back of the Portageon to talk to some friends, but we thought he went into the outhouse. So I'm not sure that woman has ever visited outdoor public toilet yeah. facilities ever since then. didn't make a golf fan that day. <laughs> no. Now, one of the things I do have to brag about when I won in 95. Amazing stat. I, yeah, why don't you, I'll well, let you say. I don't know the exact percentage, but I believe you currently hold the record for the most greens hit in regulation during a tournament week. And it was done at this tournament, which for those of you that haven't been to Pebble Beach, these have got to be the either the smallest or second smallest green complexes on tour. Hilton Head might be a little smaller, yeah, but that's, they're, that's close. they're very similar. So for you to achieve that statistical I mean, feat, at Pebble Beach, it's remarkable. You know, you think of some events, maybe Vegas or something, where the greens are all 40 yards and per- weather's perfect. None of that's the case at Pebble. And uh, do you remember what the number was? It was 69 of 72 greens. That's which, remarkable. When it, you think Phil Mickelson, what did he hit, four greens yesterday? <laughs> something like that. He I mean, yeah. that's remarkable. really is. Well, I was always a, a very good ball striker and a, and, a, and a good driver of the golf ball. My my uh, my short game was never that great. I was very streaky, which if I had the short game today, then mm-hmm. I wish I'd had that back then. I think I would have won more tournaments. But uh, as we know, there's no going back. And your short game is better now because you need it a little more now. I do. I don't hit it as well. You might be the best chipper on the Champions Tour, honestly. I mean, you know guys come to you for lessons after they play around with you and see... 
you chip a little bit more maybe now than you used to, so you have to rely on that. There's there's no doubt yeah. about it. Put put it this way: when you play golf for your living, it is it is survival. Mm-hmm. If you're missing greens, you better chip it up close and tap it in, or you're going to lose your card. Mm-hmm. The one year that I know frustrated everybody, and especially Clint Eastwood, he was I think mayor of Carmel back in '96. I was the defending champion. I won in '95, and we got to '96, and everybody knows about the rain that we can have during the tournament in February. Well, we had torrential rains and we had constant delays and the tee times were pushed back because the golf courses were underwater. I think I was on the policy board at that time, but the golf courses were so under so much underwater that they had a emergency meeting with Clint Eastwood, who's the tournament host, all of the sponsors and some of the players on the policy board or maybe the player advisory council because our tour officials were seriously considering canceling the tournament which they ended up doing if you happen to look through the history of the AT&T there is no tournament in 96 it was canceled after two rounds because the golf courses were soaked they were saturated but I remember being in the tent with John Mahaffey who was on the board at the time and Clint was in his best dirty Harry was saying you can't cancel this tournament. Come on, these guys. They can play through some puddles on the green. And our tour officials said, no, everything has to be fair. And Clint said, I play out here, and I chip over those puddles <laughs> on the green. Well, it's okay to do when you're playing with your buddies, but you can't do that when you're playing for a couple million right. bucks. But that was a really difficult time because I was playing with Jack Lemon. And playing well. And my, t- my, my other playing partner was Scott McCarron, and his partner was Huey Lewis. And we were playing well. We were going to make the cut. Mm-hmm. And when they canceled the tournament, that was when Jack really was upset because we never made the cut. Jack was not a strong player. And if we couldn't make the cut 95 when I won the tournament, <laughs> uh, the chances are that we never would. But you've been out there, and you've seen the kind of weather that we can play in. Yes. It's some of the worst, really, that we play in. Uh, and it could change on different golf courses, you know, whether it's fog or rain or wind. Sometimes it'll be perfect at Pebble, and you'll be over at Spyglass, and there's fog, and they can't play. So they'll hold up everybody at Pebble because they can't play at Spyglass or Cypress or whatever the other course may be. I love it out there. It's my favorite place. It's my favorite tournament. As I said earlier, it's the most important event on the PGA Tour. So I think we're going to go back next year. If I Huey so. wants to do it, I, I want to do it. You know, I've been a pretty good ball striker my whole career, and I think one of the strengths of my game has been my driving. I've been pretty good off the tee. I hit a lot of fairways. But I always know that my first drive of the day is going to be a good one in comfort, luxury, and in style because I'm going to and from the golf course in my Lexus GX460. I've been a brand ambassador of Lexus now for over 30 years, and in my opinion, it's the best vehicle on the road today. Now, I may have had a few body parts replaced over the years, but that's just in my 65-year-old body. 
My Lexus needs nothing but routine maintenance, and that's just the way I like it. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. Now, we're here this week for the Chubb Classic. This is my first tournament of the year. I had a terrible year last year. I had knee surgery January 2nd, which really affected me all year long, but I'm feeling pretty good. I have to admit to you, you have uh, you just came back from Morocco. You caddied for David Frost over there. How was that week? It was a great experience. A really cool place. I hope you go next year if you have the opportunity, if it fits in your schedule. Um, David didn't play as well as he'd wanted to, but being there for the, for the full week, it was a neat experience. I'm glad the tour set that up. The support was really, it was neat. Um, some of the areas we got to see, you know, without, without this event, we'd never get to go to Morocco. So that was a neat opportunity. Uh, go to the old city, see the snake charmers and the Atlas mountains and all the things that, you know, you've seen on TV, but to get to see them in person was a lot of fun. I went there one time back a long ago for a uh, for the Kings tournament and it just didn't work out and again I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to play but I I would really love to go back and I know that looking at all the the social media the pictures and the videos everybody seemed to have a blast now Miguel Angel Jimenez is the defending champion this week here Mm -hmm. at the Chubb Classic and it's really an interesting turning of the page this year on the Champions Tour because there are two guys that are turning 50 that I still can't believe because I still think that, that these guys are kids. Phil Mickelson and Jim Furyk both turned 50 this year, 2020. And it, it, to you, that that's, I still think of them as, as incredibly uh, competitive, successful PGA Tour players. As they proved last week. You know, and Furyk, is, he's there every week. He's always in contention. I hope for the champions, to PJ Tour champions' sake, that they do come out and play. But I hope for our pockets <laughs> that they don't. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> well, it's funny because I think here I am at 65, turning 66 in a month. It's hard for me to think about competing with a Phil Mickelson yeah. or a Jim Furyk. I can barely compete now. I only play because I love it. I, I I wish I wasn't blessed with this passion for the game that I could move on and do something else. But for me to think of actually getting paired with Phil and Jim like I used to mm-hmm. when they were kids on tour and I was a veteran on the PGA Tour, that that excites me because I just love it so much. Now, there's two players that I look this year that I think are going to have great years, Ernie Els and Retief Goosen, both Hall of Famers. And I just, it's it's really great to see the success that the Champions Tours had mm-hmm. since its inception when we saw Jack and Arnold and Sam Snead and, and all these players. And it sure seems like the Champions Tour continues to get stronger every year. Yeah, I think this year, I think Goosen's a, a really good pick because we were paired with him a few times last year. Maybe I was with you or with Jay Haas a couple of times, and uh, he has no holes in his game, and he bombs it. He, I mean, he hits it so far. I think he's good for the next five or six years. I think he's going to be the, the guy out here. I do. Well, Scott McCarron won the Charles Schwab Cup last year. He was getting better every year. I think he finished fourth and mm-hmm. third and second and first. I, 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 I'm a good friend of Scott's, but I really respect his game. Fred Couples is yeah. another one who's in his 60s who still bombs it. And Bernard Langer at the age of 62. These, these guys have kept themselves in great shape. and. Yep. Avoided injury. I know Fred's got a bad back, but mm-hmm. that's really the key. You got to work to 
avoid the injuries that we all that we all go through. Yeah, all those all those names you mentioned can win any week out here. Yeah, that's what's cool about it. Let me ask you about Brett Quigley, the nephew of Dana Quigley. Dana, good friend of ours on the PGA Tour and the Champions Tour, had a great Champions Tour career. Brett back in '87 won the U.S. Junior Amateur, so he's a heck of a player. He never won on the PGA mm-hmm. Tour, but mm-hmm. he came out uh, and he won. Mm-hmm. And th- that's an impressive thing to do when you've you've been bouncing around playing some tournaments here and there, and you come out on the big stage, which is the Champions Tour, over in Morocco. Boom, he wins. That's a lot of pressure, no doubt. I think he played on an exemption, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he would have had to have unless he got through the Q school, but I think he received an exemption there. We were watching him on the range because I hadn't seen him you know, play maybe since um, CVS, one of your charity events that you've done. But what a great golf swing he has. Really solid player, and he hits it plenty far. He didn't, you know, he looked like he could, you know, go out and, you know, shoot 65 any given day, which he did there. Now, I do have to say one thing about Dana. I saw his quote that he said that Brett was the best player he'd ever played against. Now, I'm not sure about that, but he played like it last week. Hey, there's nothing wrong with the little hyper. That might be an uncle, you know, trying to pat the back, but uh, that's quite a compliment. But uh, he showed last week that he can beat these guys. My first Champions Tour event was in Valencia, California, and I got paired with two close friends, Wayne Levy and Don Pooley. I was so nervous because you're 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 stepping into a new league, you're, yeah. but you're with your buddies. And even though Brett is good friends with all these guys and he works TV with Fox mm-hmm. and hangs with these guys, we do all these events together, it's still a little bit nerve-wracking because now the spotlight is on you once again. No doubt, and I th- and he had to fight off Langer down the stretch. I mean, he was going up against the best, playing at his best. So, pretty remarkable thing what he pulled off there. Well, Troy, thanks for joining us, and uh, I hope that maybe next week we can talk about our win here at the Joe Classic. Thank you. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? We all know We all know just announced that he will not return as the captain for the international side in the President's Cup. You remember last fall what a great comeback the United States and Captain Tiger Woods mounted to overcome and win the President's Cup. Ernie Els did such a great job with his team. Boy, I don't think anybody on paper gave them a chance, but as you know, these games, these tournaments, these... (laughs) These, these things are not one on paper. They're one on the field or on the court or on the golf course or on the pitch, wherever, or whatever game you're talking about. But Ernie, he put his heart and soul into that, and they went out to a huge lead. But then the United States, was they were just too strong in singles and came back and, and won that. But Ernie Yells, former world number one, he's got four major championships to his name. He has played both the European Tour and the PGA Tour. He jumps back and forth, Hall of Fame in 2011. And he's he's really one of my favorite people for a lot of reasons, most notably that he's a great family man. And while Ernie was putting together a very impressive Hall of Fame resume, he announced years ago, he and his wife Liesl announced that their son Ben was autistic. So Ernie, as you would expect a great guy like Ernie to do, went to work on behalf of his son. 
raising money in the fight against autism. And he started his L's for Autism Pro-Am, which I played in a few times. And that basically jumped forward to a campaign on behalf of uh, autism. Uh, They also established, he and Liesl established the L Center for Excellence, which really began as a drive to build a new campus for the for the L Center of Excellence School down in Jupiter, Florida, but that has since expanded into a $30 million plan to, to combine the school with a research facility. And I'm so happy that Ernie's turning 50, not for him because he's getting older, but I'm going to have a chance to see him a little bit more and maybe play golf with him a little bit. That takes me back to 1995 when at the Open Championship at St. Andrews, I got paired the first two rounds with a young Ernie Els and an even younger amateur, Tiger Woods. And I remember walking down the first fairway at the old course with Fluff on my bag. And I looked at Fluff and I said, you know what? Uh, I think this is the future of the game of golf. And I'm not sure that future includes me at 43 or 44 or whatever, whatever I was, 45, I don't know. But I was a huge fan of Ernie Els then, and I'm I'm uh, sorry to see him not be able to come back to captain the international squad for the Presidents Cup next year, because I think his inspiration and his leadership is uh, something that we all want at any time on any of our teams. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Jake's Takes podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host Peter Jacobson. These have been my takes. What are yours?